Hello, welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Jeff, one of your podcast co-hosts, and you can follow me on Twitter at Talkin, T-A-L-K-I-N, A-C-C Sports. The podcast moderator is Matthew, and you can follow him at A-S-D underscore Hokie Smash. I'm going to turn it over to Matthew as he introduces a new guest for us. So we're looking forward to that. Jeff, can you work with our work with our friend here? It looks like he's clicked. He says he's tapped on the link, but I'm not sure if he sees the if if he sees the invite if he sees the invite or not. So perhaps you can perhaps you can perhaps you can work with him here a little work with him a little bit. Yep, I will send him the link here again. And and it, perhaps we could ask it just ask him to click on ask him to click on it again. And I think that may that may you know, I, I see him typing up there, just say ask him to type ask him to click on it, click on it again. We have, it's uh <clears throat> what a great time here to be on the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast. This is the longest running independent ACC podcast in the United States. This is the podcast of allsportsdiscussion.com. I see that Mr. Bynum just joined the room, but I don't necessarily, I don't see him calling in, calling in here yet. Maybe he's called, maybe he's close and I see him live. Mr. Mr. Bynum, can you hear us? I can hear you. Okay. Are you on a, can I ask you a question? Are you on an Android or are you on an iPhone? Okay, okay. You may have to turn your volume up or get closer or radiate your voice a little more because I think we've had, I think we've had issues here with uh, with the audio for uh, for Android phones. I think it may be a known problem, possibly with um, with with the Podbean software. So here we go, though. Welcome to the All, All Sports Discussion ACC podcast. This is the podcast of AllSportsDiscussion.com. This is the longest running independent ACC podcast. In the country, and tonight we have R.L. Bynum. He covers UNC, UNC sports for Tar Heel Tribune. That's, and you, have, you can follow that on Twitter at, at Tar underscore Heel Tribune. He's former, formerly with the Daily Press, the Herald Sun, the Times News, the Kingston Free Press, JD News. He's been all over the place. U.S. Olympic. You can follow him on Twitter at, at R.L. underscore Bynum. That's B-Y-N-U-M. R.L., I, I kind of read off your bio pretty quick. It's always great having first-time podcast guests on here, and we loved having you. Co- love having you come on the show. Tell us about yourself. The floor is yours, sir. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I grew up in Chapel Hill, going to Carolina games when I was a kid, and now I cover them. Uh, and uh, I spent 27 years in the newspaper business, mostly sports. And I covered uh, UNC athletics for seven years. The last year for the Oriole Tribune, I launched a year so ago. And um, my career, I've been covering Stanley Cup finals, multiple finals, bowl games. So, uh, yeah, I enjoy that. Uh, I'll at the uh, Duke game in the semifinals in New Orleans was amazing. Uh, but, and then on the side, I run marathons and, uh, Long-suffering Cubs fan, so you know. 
Very cool. Very cool. So let's get your quick thoughts here, man, on North Carolina's 2022-2023 men's and men's and women's basketball seasons. The floor. Well, obviously the switch that everybody thought that the men's team would uh, make at some point to ignite some sort of run like 2022 never happened. And uh, it's a lot of finger pointing and a lot of that is was toward Caleb Love, who's now at Michigan, but I guess a lot of it was toward Hubert Davis for not using the bench so much. But uh, I think the rebooted roster, which actually is not finalized, that might be more than blocking, uh, although they still missed. And there's also talk of uh, five-star class of 2024, Cardelli reclassifying who could help a lot but then again that would put rj davis at the two and you'd have two undersized guards which might be a liability on defense but uh that'll be interesting to follow uh as far as the women uh i enjoyed covering them as well uh, that's really becoming an elite program they had a couple of tough regular season losses that kind of led to some questionable seating they had to play at ohio state and they nearly won that one anyway, but uh, they uh, they have 11 players on next year's roster that were either four stars or five star recruits in high school. In high school, so I think really the sky's the limit for Courtney Banghart's uh, fifth season. They lost a couple to the transfer portal, but they're bringing in uh, three transfers, and two of those are five stars. They have a more optimistic about the women's team than the men's team next season. Very good, very good. Uh, one suggestion too on the audio: if you're using if you're using a microphone, you may want to possibly disconnect. May want to possibly disconnect it and just use the receiver because sometimes we know that that. Turns out the audio turns out a little better if you do if you use if you use that if you use that approach. Jeff, you're up, friend. The floor is yours. Take over the questions. We start talking about 2023 20, North Carolina football. All right. Thank you, Matthew. All right, Mr. Bynum. I'm very, very happy to have you on the show. Um, let's go into what do you think are some of the major strengths coming back next year for the North Carolina football team? And I have a feeling you're going to be starting at quarterback. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously the strength is the offense and, you know, you got a transcendent talent like a Drake Bay at quarterback. That's, that's one of the rare chances for a program to, to go into a season. No, not only knowing your quarterback, knowing that you've got, probably a Heisman Trophy candidate. Uh, he's lost a couple of his top targets in Josh Downs and Antoine Green, but um, he, they, they brought in some transfers, so they should be better there. And he should have a veteran offensive line in front of him, and it'll be interesting to see uh, what the new offensive coordinator, Chip Lindsey, has in store. He came in from Central Florida. Uh, Phil Longo, obviously, had his critics, particularly with the red zone offense. Now he's gone to Wisconsin. So, uh, and it sounds like May's excited to see what the offense will look like under Lindsey. And, and uh, the fan base is probably hoping that things will 
things will be as productive as last season. Offense obviously wasn't the problem. Uh, but I do think that they, they, they really need one of the running backs to really step forward and be the guy. They've got several guys who can be very good good there, like uh, Caleb Hood, Elijah Green, Petaway, Brooks, Hampton, D.J. Jones. But none of them really stepped forward as to be the guy last year, and, and that, that needs to happen because, you know, they, they, they need to be able to establish a running game so they, they can have longer drives and not put so much pressure on the defense. All right, very good. Now let's go on the flip flip side. What are some of the major weaknesses uh, for the Tar Heels going into the season? In other words, what do you think North Carolina will be working on before the first game? Uh, and if I can remember correctly, that's against a, a pretty feisty South Carolina team. And, you know, what are the questions that you think have to be resolved going into the season? Uh, they got to figure out how to stop anybody. That's, that's, that's a big uh, problem. I mean, they were scoring enough points. The defense just wasn't doing the job uh, and, and uh, until proven otherwise, I, I think uh, the defense is still not, not good enough to, to make them uh, the, the program that they need to be. There's been a lot of positive talk in the off, off season about the, the unit improving, but they lost a lot of defensive backs. And uh, the other problem is last season, they didn't put any pressure on the quarterback uh, uh, most of the time. Uh, and quarterbacks had so much time. And in uh, Division One, you give a quarterback that much time, it's, it's, it's not going to be good for the defense. But uh, Gene Chizik has, has got to figure it out. Uh, there's some inf influx of talent there, too. So there, there's hope that maybe things will be better, but I remember talk like that last offseason and it didn't change. So uh, for the fan base, they have to hope that it finally changes this season. All right. Um, now, who are some of the new recruits and transfer portal players, you know, that have impressed you the most during this past spring? Um, and who do you think will get some major playing time right away? And maybe they're not e even uh, yet on campus. Well, uh, the, the two big receivers that Matt Brown brought in in the transfer portal, both look good in uh, the spring. Uh, the spring game made some nice catches. They both had touchdown receptions. Uh, hook, uh, May hooked up with them. One is uh, Tez Walker, who comes, who's in from Kent State. The other is Nate McCallum from uh, Georgia Tech. Uh, obviously, you, they, they lost some big targets, the main one being Josh Downs. But they look really good. And, and, uh, and uh, May talked about kind of recruiting them. And, and that, that's a pretty big lure for a receiver who wants to get the attention of, of NFL scouts is to be catching passes for a guy, from a guy like May. So, uh, and, and they, he, and then, uh, oh, sorry, um, Mr. Bime, can you, can you repeat that last sentence that you, you said there? You were breaking up just for a moment. The quarter, quarterback from, uh, State Cup, 
Uh, uh, yeah, sorry about that, Mr. Byman. It seemed like you were breaking up there on your, on your last sentence there again. If you don't mind repeating that before we go to the next question, I'd, we'd appreciate that. No, that's not a problem. I was talking about that there are big transfer on the defensive side as a quarterback from East Tennessee State named Elijah Hussey, who's, who's supposed to be a big difference maker. I didn't get to see him in the spring game because they held him out, but uh, he, he's supposed to, to be the big acquisition from the transfer portal on the defensive side. Hey, this is Matthew. I just want to say this briefly. Thanks you. Thank you for updating me on Nate McCollum. We, we, you know, I, I can never keep track of everything on the transfer portal. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's, it's just too hard to keep track of everything. I, Jeff and I, I Jeff and I were kind of go through here and look at what the first three all ACC teams look like. And I, I thought I was going to have him on there somewhere, and then I couldn't, I couldn't find him anywhere on any ACC roster, <laughs> roster, and I can't keep up everything with everything. So thank you for updating me on McCollum's status. I did not know he was at UNC, so things changed. So yeah, yeah, it's, it, it is hard to keep up with. Uh, basketball is mind numbing as well. Yeah, and, and speaking as as a Georgia Tech follower and fan myself, I mean North Carolina is getting a, a a pretty rock solid receiver there. I mean I I, I think he's going to put up some some pretty strong numbers uh, playing in that offense with with Drake May and and how prolific it is. I, I mean he's he can play. He can definitely play uh, that position. Yeah, he he made a nice over the shoulder catch in the spring game on a sideline pattern. So. Uh... He made an impression on the fans, that's for sure. All right, very good. I know it was disappointing for, for Georgia Tech fans that he moved on, but uh, I think he's going to do just fine at North Carolina. Um, all right, Mr. Byam, do you think North Carolina will be better than last year? Uh, why or why not? And and we know, you know, North Carolina, you know, definitely had an uneven uh, season, the great start. A little bit struggling there uh, to finish the the finish the season, and then after you answer that, we want to uh, ask you in this segment. Uh, in the years past, we've gone through each game on a on a team schedule during the preview, but we want to do it a little bit differently this year. And we're going to have um, you know our guests talk about which two games do you think are the most pivotal, most important games uh, for the Tar Heels this season, and then give us what you think their overall record will be. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, so, so I think that the, the, the most important games are probably going to be the last ones, uh, much to Matt Brown's displeasure when, when the uh, schedule came out, he talked about how he was disappointed in the, in uh, how, how, they had two of their biggest games late and both on the road. They finished the regular season at Clemson and then at NC State. I mean, 
season nine wins felt like a, a frustrating finish to the season given that they had nine wins with with two left in the regular season of the bowl game um, but uh, I think 10 wins is realistic assuming the defense improves All right, and and from what I've seen in, in most of the post spring top twenty fives, I mean this it's so funny now. You used to have the way too early preseason picks that were in January, and then um, then you have the preseason top twenty fives going into the spring post springs, and then the actual preseason rankings uh, later in the uh, in the summer. So now you, you with all the transfers portal and players uh, changing teams, you, you get like four preseason polls. But one consistent thing I've seen, especially with the Tar Heels uh, and in the ACC, I mean, most most preseason polls have Florida State and Clemson as you know consensus top fifteen teams. But just about every preseason poll that I've I've looked at, you know, they have North Carolina somewhere in between fifteen to twenty five. So I think nationally, you know, that the the Tar Heels are looked upon, you know, as one of the three or four best. ACC teams going into the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that. That sounds fair. Uh, obviously, they've been overvalued uh, a couple of couple of seasons ago. They were highly overvalued, and then they were kind of back to reality heading into last season, and then maybe surprised some people. Uh, but I think I think maybe. 20 or 22 to start the season was would be probably more realistic uh, for the Tar Heels. Uh, of course, the, the, for the same reason that Matt Brown is a terrific recruiter, uh, just the, the way he can be so convincing, he's, he's talked up the team and and the fan base and and kind of convinced them that the Tar Heels have won the offseason again. But it's, I think uh, there's growing skepticism after the last couple of seasons that the fan base wants to actually see that on the field. Uh, but uh, we'll see. The, the, the fan base over the years has repeatedly had their hopes go, go really high only to be disappointed. Uh, and they're, they're ready to see some results this season. Okay. Um Definitely great insights there. Um, Matthew, I'm going to turn it over to you for the last couple questions in the podcast. Well, Mr. Bynum, I think you covered that pretty well. You kind of answered the pulse in the North Carolina football program pretty well. 
and you know basically what the fans and bloggers are thinking now so i i guess i i kind of want to ask you a follow-up on this because you you talked about the defense and the need to improve the defense and then and i mean i don't want to sound like i'm being a little sarcastic but I've heard a lot of North Carolina fans say this, so I feel like I can say it because the fans have said it from North Carolina that there really hasn't been any D in North Carolina in the last couple of years. And I think you kind of touched on that yourself. What kind of measures are they taking to improve the Well, I think uh, anybody who's seen a lot of the games knows that they weren't physical enough. They, they, it seems like uh, they were manhandled in the trenches repeatedly in a lot of games. And that's got to change. And I think uh, Coach Brown even talked about trying to be more physical during practice because you can't, you know, you can't uh, handle things one way in practice and then all of a sudden uh, flip the switch during games. And, you know, if that results in maybe some injuries in practice, that that's just a downside. They, they that That's really – been one of the weaknesses uh, on both sides of the line, offensive line as well. So uh, I think that that's been a that's been uh, one of the emphasis in the in the off season and will be during preseason drills uh, because they, they they just didn't win enough battles on the line and and uh, that's got to change. Fair enough, sir. Fair enough, sir. Open microphone time, Mr. Biden. Anything you want to talk about? The four years for sports. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Mr. Biden, you're breaking up again. If uh, maybe just speak directly into the receiver. There you go. Does that sound better? Oh, yes, much better. Uh, I don't know if you all are into baseball at all. The uh, league is very strong, uh, starting with Wake Forest, number two in the country. Uh, I would be surprised if the ACC had at least two teams in the College World Series, although North Carolina hasn't had the kind of team they would like so far. They certainly have the ability to make a run to Omaha as well, but they can never get their pitching together. They obviously have enough offense. They've got uh, Vance Honeycutt, who will most likely be a first-round draft pick when he's eligible in center field. Oh, definitely, definitely. We're, you know, Je I, I'm sure Jeff's about to talk about co about some of these spring sports, sports here. And Jeff, I know you're keeping track of that. Yeah, absolutely. And that was what I was going to touch on in my open mic here. I, I mean, you know, Wake Forest, we talked about them a little bit last week. Um I, I think this is definitely the best ACC team we've seen since since the mid 2010s with the Virginia teams that that got to the finals and and one year and then won a national championship. Um, they might be the number one ranked team in the country this upcoming week, overtaking LSU. And 
you know, they, they're going to they're going to most I mean, with, barring a, a, some kind of crazy collapse, they're probably going to be no worse than a top four seed in the uh, NCAA tournament. If they keep going the, the, in the direction they're in, they're, they're going to be a number one or a n- number two seed. Um, Clemson right now is an absolute on fire team. They've won four in a row, nine of their last ten. They're looking at a regional seed. Uh, and then, and then, and like um, Mr. Bynum said, you know, th- this is a league that's, you know, looking at nine, possibly ten bids. Uh, you got Boston College, Notre Dame, um, Duke. you know, in good, in, in pretty good position at the moment. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, Duke uh, also. Duke, Duke has a yeah, absolutely. You know, Virginia Tech might even find a way to squeak in, Jeff, which I think is kind of weird. Yeah, that just speaks to the to the depth of, of the league. I mean, uh, you you had uh, Georgia Tech, who was just you know they were in la- they were had the league's worst record, or maybe not the worst. I think Florida State right now has the worst. Um, but you know they've won six out of their last seven, um, got an RPI just outside of fifty, and you know they're talking right now they're barely going to be into the ACC tournament field if it were today, and you know, probably not in the tournament right now, but I mean, they can still play their way in, but, but like, like was just said, Duke is, is looking at a national seed, number seven, RPI, uh, Mar- Miami, uh, Virginia in position to, to host regionals. And, you, and then you've got North Carolina, Virginia tech that we just said, I mean, you know, just l- the depth of the league is so great that traditional powers like Louisville and Florida state may not even make the ACC tournament. And, and you know, Louisville was a team that was ranked a, a fair portion of this year and just got swept by, by Clemson. So this this is a tremendously deep league, and, and only maybe the SEC is in the same category uh, as the ACC, with Wake Forest being a very, very um, – le- having a very legitimate chance to, to win it all this year. And, and like I said, probably the ACC's best chance since those 2010 teams are mid 2010 Virginia uh, teams uh, of like 2000, uh, I think it was 14 and 15, but when all is said and done, I, I don't think the ACC will, will get 10 teams in there. I think they do end up with nine though. That That's how good and deep the league is. What about softball, Jeff? Is it about six teams? Is that what we're looking at? Yeah, let me let me. I'm gonna pull that. I'm gonna pull that right up here. I was just looking at that earlier. I mean, I know Florida State. Florida State is still your your perennial power uh, in the ACC. Still, still the still the top dog still capable of you know right up there with the oklahomas uh, of winning a national championship but then you you go a little bit further down the list uh duke again right there uh in in position to make that field clemson will will make that field uh then you then you look at a little bit further down the list louisville and virginia tech um in in pretty good shape um North Carolina actually has a winning conference record, but a losing overall record, which um, is probably going to, you know, keep them out of the field without a, a deep run somewhere in the ACC tournament. 
Uh, Notre Dame is probably the other one that might be on the bubble. And I, I don't think without winning the ACC tournament, anyone else can get in there. So you're probably looking on the softball side at, at five locks uh, for the ACC. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking too. Go ahead, Mr. Bynum. That Duke program is amazing. They've only been around like two or three seasons and uh, they, they've been so good so quickly, which is, which is amazing. It's, it's a, a credit to the school for putting their, their so much, so many resources into it to be su successful so quickly. You know, I wrote about the Duke fundraising project, and I know Jeff remembers this. I wrote about it at All Sports Discussion a few years back about how I think they, I think it was a $250 million capital campaign, and somebody has given them some more money, I think, recently. That's what money can do for you. You know, it can, they, they wanted to make all of their sports better up and down the line. They wanted to make the director's cut, you know, they wanted to make the director's cups. They wanted to make football better. They wanted to invest in Wallace Wade Stadium. They want, you know, they, they're, they're doing the things that they're supposed to do. And so I think that's a, that's a very good observation. I certainly agree with you, Mr. Bynum. I guess I'll use my open microphone to give myself credit for picking Seattle, the Seattle Kraken to make an upset. The crack or the Kraken. <laughs> I'm very... I'm very impressed with how they did that first round. No, seriously, I, th I didn't think that they—I didn't think they'd get past the 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 uh, the the, the uh, Colorado Avalanche, but they did. But they they you know I thought they'd win a game, and they ended up winning the series. And the coach is from the University of North Dakota, and he's just doing a heck of a job in his first year in Seattle. And I'm tired of seeing all these people from Philly complain about him. No, it was your own. It was your ownership in Philly that never supported the Flyers. It was not Dave Hextall's problem. So he's done a heck of a job in his first, in his second season, I should say, at at Seattle. And they really have something, uh, Mr. Bynum. You watch hockey a little bit, right? Right. I was at Friday's uh, Hurricanes game. Oh my gosh. So, so you get it. I mean, the NHL really has something going on right now when you can have, you know, when you can have sit and have these, you know, the lower, the wild cards come in and beat one seats and things like that. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, it's just really incredible. I think some of it has to do with the, uh, the three year rookie, you know, the three year rookie cap on salaries and things like that to even things out for the, for the league. I think that's certainly part of it. But I was I, I I I'm so impressed with what's going on in Seattle and the fact that they've they've adopted hockey just as you know extremely well. So here's my next question for you, Mr. Bynum, in my open mic. Do you think do you think Houston should have a hockey team before Atlanta? Because I feel like they've tried several times in Atlanta and it hasn't worked out. And uh, and Houston is one of the largest cities in the united states and i'm wondering how that ever got i'm, I'm just wondering how that yeah I, I, it seems like uh atlanta probably hasn't earned a, a another chance of having of having a hockey team considering how they supported the flames or did not support the flames so yeah i, I, I don't i don't know that uh atlanta deserves another chance at the at an nhl team i'm with you and, and like and, and i sat here thinking like I mean, Dallas adopted the, you know, of course, the, the North Stars came from the Twin Cities, right, from Minneapolis-St. Paul and went down to Dallas, and Dallas just adopted them immediately. And I feel like the same thing would happen in Houston, and this is a large city. 
you know, that should have a hockey, that should have a hockey team. It's a large state. <laughs> so I hope it happens. I hope they're, I hope they're next. I don't think they have ahead, had a team since the WAHL's uh, Houston Arrows in like the 70s or 80s, right? Yeah, I mean it's been a long time since they've had something like that, and I would like, and I would like to see, and I, I would like to see them get it. And they're much, much bigger since since then. And I'm I'm sure that they would support an NHL. I'm sure they would support an NHL team there. And I just I can't see it. I'm 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 disappointed if it's Atlanta, and I'm just going to say that. I hope it. <laughs> I hope it's not Atlanta. But, well, Mister. But the South can. Can't support uh, the NHL as uh, the Raleigh market has shown that the what the second best attendance in the regular season of, of the entire league. It sure can. It sure and I'm I'm with you. It sure can. Yeah, and that's not necessarily a not necessarily a bang on the South there, right? I'm more like a bang on Atlanta for now. <laughs> Atlanta. <laughs> so. Mr. Bynum, thank you so much for joining the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast. We loved having you got, get, come on the show, and we'd love to have you come on again sometime. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Have a great week, guys.